0: Trade Houseology is the supplier of choice for professionals seeking designer furniture, lighting and accessories. Saving you time spent on sourcing, admin and logistics so you can focus on creating beautiful interiors. Welcome to the interior design business. We are the monthly podcast produced by the Interior Design Community for the Interior Design Community. My name is Jeff Hayward, and with my co-presenter, Susie Rumbold, Creative Director of ToSuto Interiors and past President of the British Institute of Interior Design, we're bringing you a special episode released to coincide with International Anti-Corruption Day 2019.
1: Yes, in this episode we're looking at the unethical practice of kickbacks in interior design on the day that the British Institute of Interior Design launches its kick out the kickbacks campaign. Welcome to the interior design business.
0: We're recording today from the Lutron Experience Centre in Moorgate. We're very grateful to them for the opportunity to record this episode here. And we're joined today by Catherine Elworthy, c o o of the British Institute of Interior Design. Welcome to the show, Catherine.
2: Thank you very much for having me. Catherine, what precisely is the purpose of the BIID's Kick Out the Kickbacks campaign? The purpose of the campaign is quite simple, and it's to end bribery in interior design. Um, so it's an issue that we've been made aware of over the past few years. We've had... Clients approach us and sort of say that they've been made aware that their designers may have been receiving payments from suppliers that Goodness. they haven't been informed about. Um, we've all, It's also sort of come up in conversations with designers um, that suppliers have sort of approached them and said they'd be happy to sort of work in a margin if they ordered from them. Um, and the other reason that we thought that the campaign was really an important thing to do is the fact that in conversations colleagues and myself have had a lot of designers are not aware of the issue of bribery they're not aware so they don't realize that what they're doing is actually breaking the law yes yes or it, it may not be it all depends on sort of the level of transparency involved but I don't know if they're aware that there is an act of parliament the bribery act that came into law in the UK in 2011 so or if they're aware of it they might not realize that it applies to all businesses in the UK. Um, And so that's why we felt it was really important. It's been in the works for a while and then obviously we thought it's International Anti-Corruption Day. The timing works out really well, hence why we decided to launch on the 9th of December.
1: But why now? What is it about, I mean obviously you've just said that it's Anti-Corruption Day and that's a a hook, but what is it that's kind of brought the issue to a head that makes the BID feel so strongly that they need to take this step now?
2: I think it's just the seriousness of the issue, and one of our missions as an institute is all about professionalism in interior design and professional ethics. That's why our entry procedures are so rigorous. People have to have the education and experience, they have a face-to-face interview, they have to have references, and they also abide by a code of conduct. So it's not necessarily that we think this is necessarily a large-scale issue but it's just the fact that even a few incidents of this happening you only have to have a client have a really bad experience with a designer where they feel really betrayed they probably tell all their friends and family how many people do those friends and family tell and I think that it really damages the profession and I know it's something that every designer I know is so passionate about promoting the profession and increasing understanding of just how complex it is The thing we always talk about is we're not just cushion plumpers, you know, interior designers aren't cushion plumpers and how important it is for people to understand just, you know, the complexity of what they're doing, the knowledge required and appreciating that. And so I think if we want people to appreciate and respect designers... We have to be self-critical and if we're aware of unethical practices going on in the interior design profession, we need to be the first to shout it out and I, I think if the Institute doesn't do it, I'm not sure who else will.
1: So give us some examples of the sorts of things that you've
2: become aware of. I mean, you, you touched on one just now, but is it... So something that was reported up to us by a client um, was the fact that they've been working with an interior designer Um, on a sort of consultancy basis. So they'd entered into a contract for them to redesign their house. So this was a domestic client, a private residential job. They were paying them on an hourly rate for their services, you know, very standard practice. And they actually discovered through an email that had been sent to them accidentally that the designer had coordinated, colluded, I'm not sure how you want to put it, with a kitchen supplier to inflate the price of a kitchen. So the kitchen supplier gave the quote directly for this kitchen to the client, um, the client agreed to it paid it directly, um, and they later found out that that price had been inflated by two thousand um, pounds and the designer had then invoiced that kitchen supplier for a sort of commission arrangement fee i'm not sure of the exact language that we use, used on the invoice at no point in this process had the supplier informed their client because the client paid the kitchen company directly that this was going to happen uh at no okay. point had the designer who they placed their trust in they had a, obviously a contract with to they were paying them for their expert professional yeah, services. professional services yeah. had the designer explained to the client that they'd be receiving this 2000 pound mm. commission margin kickback you know there's so many different words that we use um, and so that's an instance where Clearly, that's unethical, and disclaimer, I'm not a lawyer, I'm owner, not in law enforcement, but most likely that is a bribe and is illegal in the UK.
1: So if the either the kitchen supplier or, in this case, the interior designer had been up front and said to the client, I am receiving a 10% commission or a commission of £2,000 on this kitchen, would that have made it okay? Yes,
2: yes, exactly. It all comes back to transparency, you Right. Know that you're in a position of trust with the client, they're paying you for their advice and so if you're transparent and you explain and then they can make the decision on whether or not to go forward with it.
1: I suppose the implication is that the designer's advice to that client then has not been impartial that he or she recommended that kitchen company because that kitchen company were willing to participate in this process. So actually it may not have been the best kitchen
2: company for the client to be using. Well, I think what's really important to remember is the Bribery Act is really, really comprehensive. I think it's sometimes described as the most wide-ranging anti-corruption, anti-bribery law in the world. And it's not just a case of the payment leads to a change in behaviour. So I think maybe this a widespread understanding is reflected in the first conviction under the Bribery Act. So it came into law in the UK in 2011, later that year. Uh, A magistrate's court clerk was convicted because he was found on multiple occasions to have taken £500 to um, not enter driving offences on a court database. (gasps) So I think that's maybe what people understand by bribery. You know, he clearly had a duty in his role, a job that he was being paid for, and he was not performing his job properly because of the bribery. But there's actually a second definition in the Bribery Act that I think is really relevant to our conversation today where you're receiving an advantage, usually financial but not always, and just by the fact of receiving that advantage, you are performing your job or a task improperly so if you've got a contract with a client where you agree to offer them impartial advice Mm -hmm. there's a trust that's been placed in you good faith that you're going to do your job properly that kitchen supplier could have that designer could have genuinely thought that that kitchen supplier produced high quality products um, it was the right style for the property it was within budget even with the inflated two thousand pounds and it could still be a bribe because the point is just by accepting that undeclared financial advantage. Well, you just muddy the water at yes, that point, don't yes. you? Yes, they, they call your judgment into question. Exactly.
0: And how widespread do you think this kind of activity is?
2: It's really difficult to tell. There's very. There's no convictions I'm aware of in the interior design industry, so there's no official statistics on it. All of the examples we have are just anecdotal that have sort of been reported to me, sometimes anonymously, sometimes they call up, ask advice, and they're not ready at that stage to actually sort of talk about the designer... it it might be
0: a friend has told me that this is Exactly.
2: It could have been something reported. It's not something that I'm aware of there being any sort of statistics about how widespread it is. But obviously, we feel that even if it's happening, you know, in a very small, small minority of cases, it's still really, really important that we stamp it out. My sense
1: is it's something perhaps that used to happen more in the past when interior design practices were less transparent generally. I mean, I know the BID, we've been pushing for years and years and years to try and make the profession as transparent as possible and to encourage the members and you know the interior design community at large to be very upfront about how they're charging and what they're charging for, but I know that some furniture supplies, for example, particularly you know the antiques world was always a bit like that. That back in the days when people used to kind of source antiques for people, that the antique dealers would always be passing bribes for want of a better call a spade a spade um, bribes back to interior designers, either at the request of the designer
2: or at the, or at the offer of the of the of the of the supplier. Does it make a difference who's doing the offering? No, both. Obviously, if all the circumstances are in place, you know, there's got to be corrupt intent proved. It's not as simple as every single sort of undeclared payment is a bribe. You know, as I said, I'm I'm not a legal expert, but there are two offences. There's active bribery and there's passive bribery.
1: And can you just, for our listeners, could you just
2: define the two? So the active bribery is the person who's giving the benefit or the financial advantage, and the passive bribery is the person who is receiving that advantage or other sort of benefit to themselves so it doesn't matter who started it so to speak or whose idea was Mm. it what are the repercussions if you get caught i think that they, they don't as far as i'm aware from my knowledge of it there aren't a huge number of prosecutions and the ones that they do tend to go for big multinational companies so for example a couple of years ago, Rolls-Royce had to pay over £500 million in uh, fines. Um, but that was for bribery offences and a number of other offences going, going on over a number of years. I think we're not sort of sending a message that, you know, there's necessarily a widespread risk of being arrested. It's really we're talking about the ethical implications. I think it's probably unlikely that a lot of these Someone's would going to come to, to the attention if we're talking about you know the amounts that we're talking still about. Still not a reason to not do it, though, of is it? Of course not, of
0: course not. <laughs> and is it just confined to suppliers in their relationships with interior designers, do you think, this behaviour?
1: Well, I've had a couple of incidents where it wasn't suppliers, actually, uh, in the course of my business life. We had a, we had an incident where we were approached by a property finder, an Italian lady who was finding um, flats in London for um, Italian, young Italian people coming to London. We'd done two jobs, for both for a, a young Italian single guys, and she'd seen the work, and she phoned me up and said, oh, love your work, I've got another client, would love to introduce you, and my fee will be. And I said to her, are you going to tell your client? And she said no. And I said, well, I don't think that that's right. And she told she told me I was naive. She told me that that was how business worked. Um, she told me that I must have only been in business for a very short length of time if this was if this was my attitude. And uh, the phone call ended rather tersely, and I haven't heard from her
2: since. Interesting. I think you've had something really interesting there, Susie, which is all about transparency. If you are transparent with your clients and you explain that this colleague of yours or supplier or whoever is giving you this payment um, then it's up to them and they can decide whether they want to work with you and that's the key it's all about transparency.
0: Um, What's involved then in the kick out the kickbacks campaign?
2: So, the primary thing we're doing is raising awareness, so um, we've reached out to a number of other bodies in um, the built environment and the design world who we're delighted to have supported the campaign and that's people like the Chartered Institute of Building, the Association for Project Management, Anti-Copying and Design. We're also really delighted that the campaign is being supported by John Penrose, who's the Prime Minister's Anti-Corruption Champion. So we're really trying to get the campaign out there to as many people as possible, as many audiences as possible. Um, And we're just really trying to raise awareness throughout all parts of the interior design industry.
0: And what support does the BIID provide to designers who've got questions on this issue?
2: So, in the first instance, what we're doing is we've created a completely anonymous form on our website because we're expecting a lot of questions. So, if you go onto our website on the homepage, um, if you click on the Kick Out the Kickbacks article, you'll be able to find it. And essentially, we're happy for any designer, supplier, tradesperson, it could be anyone who's got any questions. So, it could be about their own business model, it could be about an offer that they've been approached with. Um, completely anonymous you don't have to tell us your name just we're asking you know there's a fill in the form give us all your details and we're going to round them up um, and get a lawyer who's expert in this area to answer uh, and sort of give advice on all of those scenarios that's going to be published on our website in early january Um, and so the deadline to submit that is um, wednesday the 18th of december It's difficult for us to provide, say, um, a policy because there's such a wide variety of business models and interior design and people work in such different ways. So what we're suggesting is that all design businesses um, just ask themselves some questions about their own internal policies and procedures just to make sure. I think that's actually in the act,
1: isn't it? There, it it details in the act you are supposed to have. If you read the summary that's available, widely available on the on the internet, there is a summary of the twenty ten Bribery and Corruption Act, or the Bribery Act, and it does tell you that you should have policies in place so that if ever anyone came to your business, you'd be able to say, this is our policy. And it's about doing due diligence with your staff. It's about doing due diligence with the suppliers you deal with so that you you can say to people, we have this policy, this is what we believe in.
2: And it's very much in proportion with how your business works. So, for example, if you're doing business in countries that have higher levels of bribery, you might have to think about that. So... There's no expectation of the government that you have to have a 30 page anti bribery and corruption policy if you're a small interior design practice, say, who mainly works in the UK. So I've would really stress that designers shouldn't panic about this. If you go on the internet and you Google sort of anti-bribery policy, you'll see a lot of businesses that have one. It might, it might just be one or two pages, and a lot of it's very sensible. It sort of talks about accepting hospitality, that you can accept a sort of a small gift at Christmas, but maybe an all-expenses-paid-to-week cruise in Bahamas. the probably not going to be would acceptable. not be appropriate. So I think, you Damn. know, So so much of this is just is common sense. And it's not about hearing about the campaign and then sort of panicking because you don't have lots of policies in place. It's just a prompt. And then for you to sort of look at your own policies and procedures you know, that you have in place, your staff, how you procure things, how you charge is there anything that could sort of leave you open to accepting bribes or even giving bribes
0: and presumably the BIID code of conduct is worth a refresher
2: yes of course it's not just about the legalities it's also about the wider ethical issues so all professional BIID members are required to sign up to and adhere to the BIID code of conduct Um, and I think there are two clauses that are really relevant here. One is members shall not knowingly accept any position in which their personal interests conflict with their professional duty and the second one is members shall not accept payments or benefits which may impair their ability to remain impartial and transparent in all their dealings on behalf of clients. So what else should designers do if they are approached by a supplier to take a kickback? That's why we're recommending that you review your internal policies and procedures. So Then you're prepared, you have them in place, and then when you're approached, you have a clear answer as how you're going to deal with that. So I know some designers, they choose to keep it simple and they do not accept any payments from suppliers under any circumstances. Other designers may feel it's appropriate as long as it's completely transparent and they explain to their clients that under certain circumstances, they do accept payments from suppliers, but the transparency is there. So I think the answer would depend on what the own po- your own business policy that you've developed that reflects your your business.
0: So you've talked a lot about transparency, Catherine, Susie. In practice, how transparent is Tutto?
1: Well, I think you have to be really transparent because I can't. I've been thinking about this while we've been chatting, and I can't imagine a situation where I could take 2000 pounds from a kitchen supplier and then say to my client oh by the way mrs client i've just taken 2000 pounds from your kitchen supplier because that would immediately call into question every decision that i've helped that client make they would be they'd be thinking well what else has she been up to who else has she been getting backhanders from i mean i think it's i think it's a really slippery slope to be, able to be honest and we don't do it it doesn't it doesn't mean that we won't deal with the supplier we just refuse the payment you know, if the supplier ever says to me, you know, would you like us to build, build in a little something for you? I'll say, no, thank you. You know, it's fine. We're being paid by the client. And I really think,
2: to be absolutely honest, that's the only way to proceed. I think what Susie's saying reflects many designers that I know that they, they often just find it easier to sort of have that transparent and, business model. And we can sleep at night. <laughs> because they you know if if any client has a question about why they're recommending this product over another one they can just clearly state their business model and their fee structure and how they work and they just find it easier to operate that in that way
0: and surely the interior designer client relationship is built on trust
2: oh without question exactly
0: yes what do you hope will be the outcome of the campaign
2: we are hoping that obviously in the first instance it just raises awareness and so people just start to review their business processes, just make making sure that they are really robust and they're in place to prevent any potential bribery, anti-corruption, they're as ethical as they could be. Second of all, I think we just start a really interesting conversation and I know this is something that... I've had, you know, private conversations with designers about and suppliers about and I think it would be great if we could have a more public conversation. Obviously we're going to be communicating about the campaign on our social media channels. We would love to hear from designers, both our members and non-members, about their views on the campaign and their thoughts and their experiences.
1: There is another issue too that's just occurred to me, that maybe it will lead designers to look at the way they're charging their clients. Because if your business model is predicated on the fact that you're getting kickbacks from suppliers and you're not therefore charging a realistic fee, it all comes back to the whole
2: professional services thing and being paid for the design work you do. Exactly. And we just really feel that the more transparency there is, the more everyone benefits. Um, And I know, you know, as we spoke about earlier, the sort of frustration maybe that designers aren't taken seriously and the fact that, you know, maybe part of the reason is, tv programs that have depicted designers in a certain way but i think it's really important for any industry all industries go through this that they have to look at the behavior that's going on bring it to the light bring in transparency and i really think that it'll benefit the whole profession in the long run the more ethical we are the sort of prouder designers can be of their profession Thank you, Catherine, so much
1: for joining us today and explaining the Kick Out the Kickbacks campaign in more detail. It's an important cause, and we at ToSuto and at the Interior Design Business Podcast are fully behind the British Institute of Interior Design campaign.
0: Thank you once again to Lutron as well for hosting us here today. And please do follow the links in our show notes and online for more information. Hashtag Kick Out the Kickbacks campaign. The Interior Design Business is available from audio on-demand services everywhere. You can follow us on Twitter at IntDesignPod, Instagram and Facebook at Interior Design Business Pod, and on LinkedIn at The Interior Design Business Podcast. We are brought to you with support from Trade at Houseology. This episode of The Interior Design Business is a Wildwood and Alfie Media production.